Friday afternoon deploy is too big to fit in the Vercare in the Postgre database of your Django app. How many of you mm. have seen the Tom Christie talk uh, from DjangoCon Europe? I have not. Oh, I, I shared it, and I failed in watching. That's it. okay. You watched it? I, I watched it. I, I finally got around to watching. It was it in today. the background. I wasn't, you know. But that's kind of that's exactly what I did. It was okay. in the background at one point seven five x. Um, yeah, hard yeah. to watch the video. I was I was really struggling with the camera person. Yeah, because it, it stops. It was, it just was at one point. Yeah, and there was the a lot audio of audio keeps going. And, yeah, <laughs> such an old man. Yeah. Like I'm not even talking about the condos. Like the camera was moving around, and I got <laughs> nauseous. Um, but but yeah, uh, uh, so yeah. I did. I it, it got downgraded to a background tab while I wrote some emails or something. But <laughs> sure. um, I did listen to it, and you know what? I uh, I I was I felt a, um, maybe that I had contributed mm. to misinformation a bit, only in as much as um, I felt a little bit betrayed. The title uh, and the description of the talk that I read before I watched it. Um, I mean, the name of the what is it like? Um, now I have, now I have to remember the name of the talk, um, but it's like. Road mapping a Django redesign or something right, like right. that. Right, right, which is kind um, of the, the point of it, that he, he's pointing out uh, async I.O., which is in Python 3, and just essentially how we're not using that. And so, you know, API Star was headed in that direction for a while. Right. And so now it seems like he's just kind of like, well, you know, Django should do that, and which I kind of agree. So the title of the talk was Sketching Out a Django Redesign, which is not exactly what happens in the talk. He does talk about what Jang would have to do, but actually, and I thought this was interesting, it was kind of a Starlet talk, this other framework that he's been working on. He basically gave a bunch of example Starlet code, which is very Django-like, but async, oh. uh, but also not feature complete. So is that what happened to API Star? He, he, I, don't, I don't know that it's like the... Um, I don't know that if it, if it's like actually like an evolutionary step of API Star, but it's definitely where he focuses API efforts. Gotcha. Um, it's very Django like. Mm. Um, I like it. And right. and and so he gave that as examples of here's how a web framework in Python could do async, and I'm working on one, but at the same time not advocating uh, to adopt that instead of Django. Instead, saying Django should adopt these same kinds of patterns, mm. which is interesting. I don't really know mm. what the end game there is. Uh, for, he's working on a sort of competitive framework mm-hmm. to the framework he's dreaming up Django could become. Well, why not a merger? And yeah. maybe that's part of it too, right? Right. right. Um, he certainly doesn't propose that explicitly. He's writing his own ORM. That's, yeah. but it's like it's it's it looked to be in the examples that he gave. The ORM was like um, syntactically almost identical to Django's ORM in the limited examples he gave. Mm-hmm. But it's still very early. I was like, I want to go try this right now. And then he was like, we can't do many to many relationships yet. I was like, well, maybe not. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe not there. Yeah, it's not yeah, there yet. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it's pretty interesting because it's got foundational components of all the pieces that support async. And each of them is not 
individually I, feature complete. I want to say all so the parts are there. Peewee, though, I think ironically has async capability. The ORM, the yeah. pluggable ORM. I haven't looked at that in a long time. Um, because for the the meetup talk that I did uh, months back uh, for API Star when it was going to be a framework, um, that's what I used because it Pee-wee. was yep. yeah, it was async. Uh, ORM was was so my fascination with it was async and how do we async everything and how's that work and so yeah Peewee's what I chose because it it is kind of Django ORM like it's not as heavy handed as SQL yeah which I don't or SQL Alchemy which I don't feel like I necessarily need to interact with one database <laughs> right <clears throat> yeah so you know I found um, definitely the um, the talk was interesting. Um, he mentions Andrew Godwin a lot in there in the work for Jingle Channels, mm-hmm. and that Andrew Godwin has pro- has kind of made some proposals for how to slowly and he breaks work down ASCII, which I thought he was breaks cool. down ASCII, which yeah. is it's nice to understand that under right, the hood, right? Because that's kind of my fear. Yeah, of, it's just I don't understand that, so I'm like, oh, fundamentally, I I don't want to dive into that on a you know the the kind of design pattern is is really geared towards by the time you get into Django's view logic. Not which is a controller everywhere else, but uh, in in that in that portion of the logic that you're really working synchronously, you're still working in a threaded model there. Yeah. And ASCII is making it async above and below. And the idea that's kind of proposed in the in the rollout by Andrew Godwin of how you start working that in Django is first you put ASCII as like the outermost transport layer. Yep. Okay. And so it's doing it, but everything that Django's doing ends up still being uh, threaded. Right. But you can still like. The, the next thing you do is you make the middleware layer um, uh, async. Mm. And then you can inject async middleware. And at that point, um, there are things you can do in the APIs to actually, if you want to in your view code, do some extra work because there's asynchronous mm. middleware right. that's, that's putting like the request so object that's coming in. await and all yeah. that stuff. Right? And, and yeah. the requests that you're getting in your view um, are ASGA requests, yeah. right? Uh, that you can do some extra work and get there. But then that kind of fundamentally supports, okay, now you can do WebSockets uh, in, in Django kind of natively if they do it in that way, and then slowly roll that all the way out, um, you know, all the way up to like how the ORM works as kind of the final right, right. terminating layer of like at the end of the day, all your shit is still needing to do blocking <laughs> I.O. to a database. At the, at the very middle of the request response cycle, it yeah. all comes down to, and now we wait for the database. Uh, but it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting talk. Um, I had hoped it was like a much more formalized proposal for how to rewrite Django, which it wasn't. Right, but it was still right. really good. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, Tom Christie's endorsement on "we need to do that," I feel like, is a catalyst to maybe you know start that process. Basically. Totally. <clears throat> All he has to do is threaten to not support Django REST framework anymore. It's yeah, like, do it. Or, or, your, I, or I'm or all your in beloved on REST framework <laughs> dies. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. I I look forward to an opportunity for Django to get like so much feature work done on it that there's actually room to come in and contribute again. Yeah. Right. Because there's nothing to do right now except I, for like super low level shit that's way over my head. Um, or like documentation fixes, there's not a whole lot of feature development to contribute to Django. Right. Uh, I feel. Yeah, I agree. You know, so... It, yeah, there's, there's not a lot changing there. Now that said, I'm absolutely lousy at async in Python 3, so probably still have nothing to contribute. Uh, 
but I'll talk about it. I, according, you know, from my, what I gathered in his talk, and, and so I played around with it a little bit in the IPython console, but I think, I think with like the bleeding edge Python version, it's gotten easier even than it was in like, like in 3.5. In 3.7 or in like 3.8, which is coming? I think 3.7, but it might be 3.8. Which version of Python, Alan? <laughs> which, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one specifically? <laughs> I'm referencing something that happened recently. That mm. that, that was an inside joke. But yeah, I'll tell you guys after the podcast. Sounds good. Yeah. Hey, we have Alex back with us. By the we way. do. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's uh, Alex. Came you? You came as a guest um, a few months back. You were you were doing contract work with us, but now he's full blown lofty employee. Yeah, so, official yeah. now. He's in the fold. You're not a guest anymore. Now you're just uh, you're just one of us. One of us. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> <Dang it>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so cool, man! Welcome back. Well, thank you Thanks for sitting you. in with us, Tyrell. What you got going over there, man? I'm trying to. Re- I see you working on. I see yeah. you Friday afternoon deploying. I'm, I'm not deploying. I'm pushing. I'm Friday afternoon pushing. Oh, Friday, okay. Friday afternoon build. Yeah. So I've I've been working on a bug fix, and the pace of it has been um, greatly reduced uh, due to the 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 Docker can the the way that everyone. Or not everyone. The the way that the prescribed method for running this environment and this application locally uh, has a, a series of different tools mm. that all have to work together just right to work the way that they are intended. And there's, when they do so, they work beautifully. And there's a they, word for that. <laughs> I won't <laughs> say it. But. <laughs> when they do not, yeah, I, I think I can guess at the word. When they do not work, they require me to completely. Demolish all Docker containers and rebuild them from scratch. And I've spent the like the code's been written, but I've spent probably forty five minutes of the last hour like rebuilding Docker stuff just to test the fix to mm-hmm. confirm. Yep, that the four lines of code I added to fix the bug worked beautifully. Glad I spent forty five minutes waiting for Docker. It's tooling fatigue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'll make it. But at least you can um, be a talking head with us while your builds build. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 done. I've confirmed the fix. I've pushed the fix, and then I got linting errors in <laughs> CI, and I got linting errors again. This is my favorite, dude. I was telling you those damn linting errors. Yeah, do the linting errors run against the code in the container? Do you have to rebuild the container to get past linting errors? No, no, oh, thankfully okay, you don't. Okay, I've got a blank line with white space. Oh man, that's fun! You heathen, you! Yeah, I, I bet oh. you've got some files with no new lines at the end of them. I bet you don't even Look use stock strings. <laughs> oh, I see what happened here, silly, silly editor. You're so not helpful. Mm. It was just like you need a new line, so I said okay. So I pushed enter, and it was just like we're just going to keep the, all this indent for you. Mm, yeah, which mm. makes sense, except for when it's at the end of the file. Yeah, why aren't you more intuitive? I don't like it when the editors try and help me format my code. We talked about this in the past, yeah. particularly with like parentheses and quotation marks. That can be frustrating. I, Some, yeah. Sometimes I start manipulating um, some sort of grouping operator like that from the end of the expression, mm. especially if I like make a string with single quotes and I decide stylistically, oh, that should be double quotes. Or if you figure sure. out it's going to have a, di- a yeah. quote in it. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 that too, right? right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is going to have a single quote mark in oh, it, so I need to make quotes, a double quote yeah. string. And and I'm at the end of the string by my cursor, so I'm like, okay, cool, delete the last quotation mark, change it to what I want, and the 
<laughs> VS Code's like, you want two? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't. I'm closing Pycharm, this one out. It's like, but there's not another one. You can't have one without two. Yeah. yeah. And uh, PyCharm does the same thing. Yeah. It's real bad in your templates with the handlebars, with the with the brackets. The mustachios. One of, yes. one, of, one of the things I like in, in wow. Vim is there's a, uh, there's a plug-in where you can in insert in a visual mode, you can highlight over a uh, a quotation mark or a parentheses, and then do a quick command, and then swap it out. So if you if it's a parentheses, you can change it to a bra- a brace or a double quote to a single quote, right? And it'll change both of them. I like how we all just stopped and stared at him like little children. I know. Tell us about the Vim. I heard you were a Vim Vim expert. Yeah, Um, no, he inspired me to break my Vim. I can. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Four plugins in, and now it does not get. It still works. It was hard to quit before. Now it's impossible. It it still works, but it throws up uh, annoying errors that I don't know how to fix. I gave up on Sounds like a production JavaScript. Application to me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like Jared's. Okay, you're not here, Blake. Uh, so, so the, I, I can, uh, I'm, I can definitely get things done in Vim, but I've never been much of, of, of an expert. I really would like to level up that skill. Yeah, um, it, it, it came to me um, in a fever dream. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, um, I, I, I had to, I had to learn programming. In Vim, because um, in the in the environment that I that I learned programming, um, all of the all of the senior developers around me were telling me, "If you don't know Vim, you can't get a job here. So you need to know Vim." Oh, and man. so the programming concepts and the Vim were coming at the same time. Wow! And now it's too much. I can't. This is this that's is a guy that used to do Rails. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's. Uh... Hmm. From a culture perspective, that's a tough one. I've never heard that. In I was you're unwelcome in, here if you don't know Vim. It, it was in Denver it's, at it's the time. Encouraged in Rails community. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. people love Vim, but all, I mean, there there's some other um, people use IDEs or they use uh, a lot of people use Atom. Do people actually use RubyMine? Yeah, in the Rails community. I, I, I've. Um, I wasn't sure. PyCharm's like so well adopted in Py- in Python. Yeah. At uh at Pivotal Labs they use uh RubyMine. I pretty I I've been to one office where they, where they did. Got um, it. but in in the Denver Denver Boulder community, most all of the most all of the agencies and product companies that were rail that used Rails, everybody used Vim. Got so it. it was like if you want to make it in this area, mm-hmm. you need to know Vim and if you know it, it'll put you ahead of all the other People who don't really know how to program. So, <laughs> isn't that like, like legitimately though? Isn't that just gatekeeping? Or is do you believe you're a Vim user for sure? I've I th- we had someone that worked here that was uh, in the past that like went from zero to getting pretty good at Vim um, when he started here, and definitely I've heard a lot of people say that like so much productivity can be gained from it once you master it. I've also watched someone like. You know, when I was like pair programming with him, it's like, hey, delete the line above that. We actually need to out and do that. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, t- like 10 commands. No, it's not that. Like, just fucking delete the line. Just go up, you know, like pick up your mouse. DD, that deletes the line. The whole line. Yeah. That's one of the like dozen Vim commands I have instantly on me. Oh, no. It was doing. All I know is WQ. In that hypothetical, this is a contrived example. I don't know if that was exactly it, but it was more like, 
Um, they were attempting to keep the cursor exactly where it was, but mm. delete a line several lines oh, up. And I'm sure that there's a command for that. For sure. For yeah. sure. DD negative three and you delete or something like that. D negative three D or something like that. Yeah. The 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 thing that I have found the most useful with Vim on a on a practicality level that's not just uh gatekeeping or this is my personal editor and I'm I I know it so I'm more productive. Right. But when you work on a project on a team, or you do pair programming, and you have um, you have a computer that's not your personal computer or mm. a server that has mm. that has the code on it, and then both of you SSH into that server, and then you open up a team up session yeah. Yeah. and you work on Vim through that. Yep. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Does, that's yeah. really that's really productive. So were they doing that there where you had to know Vim? Were they pair programming that way? I don't think no. Ah, at that, I was at trying that to give project, them the benefit of the doubt. Nope, nope, <laughs> um, nope. That didn't. That I didn't get on a project like that. But see, that makes sense to me because yeah, in no, that workflow, it's really practical. Yeah. yeah. Um, in other, at another company I was at, I was working on multiple projects very often, and so I would have multiple Tmux sessions that all had their own Vim instances in it. Right. And that was really helpful for organization. So I didn't have a million terminal tabs open. Mm. Right. Right. Didn't know which which tab. Had what server in it? Yeah, um, I could just keep keep it all very clean. Um, From a practicality standpoint, one thing that like has always stood out about like getting at least like moderately proficient in Vim is just the portability of okay, I can successfully edit code wherever I am, particularly yeah. like in a server environment. That's For sure. I get on That's the server and I can I can manipulate code exactly, uh, and I'm not like stuck in Nano. Yeah. With like yeah. a, a literal like console equivalent to like a text editor, mm-hmm. like a text text editor, yeah. you know, yeah, um, where like your dev tools are copy and paste, and and that's about the extent of it. You can probably do more of that with Nano, but um, so that's like that's one it. thing that's really nice about Vim, and the idea that like if you put like your Vim config dot files and stuff like that in the source control or someplace you can readily accept it or access it, I should say, um, you can like. Get onto any machine and very quickly have a full blown IDE if you have it configured such. Yes, yes. just like that, it can be. It can be really nice. Um, it's certainly a lot better for editing than it is for writing code. I think. Yeah. Um, the uh, IDEs definitely have a lot more power in terms of finding the functions that you want because Vim is still just a text editor. It. Isn't it doesn't plug into the language and know all of the functions and the function definitions of a given language? Um, it can just remember stuff that you've already written before. Or um, there, there are plugins, there are plugins though, right? Jedi, do, yeah, Jedi for Python will do the auto completion, and that's where I was headed when I broke mine. It was, <laughs> I was trying to get Jedi to work in oh, there. Okay. Oh yeah. man, yeah, and uh, and your midi chlorian count was not high enough. <laughs> not high enough. So now I get this like can't find your Jedi path, and I'm all like, I know, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, me Deep either. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you'd know story. where it was. Story of my life. Was too old. Too old to begin the training. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. Oh, oh man. man. Well, you know, we don't have any Emacs people in the office. Um, but we know Emacs people. We need to get some Emacs people. Someone needs to come. I haven't ever let anyone try and go deep with Emacs. That's like, that's the only requirement for our next open position. Is Emacs. Like, is you have to you have hmm. to use Emacs. Yeah. 
and then on day one you must d- defend it to the death. No, I, like I'm I am ill equipped. I am ill equipped to fight yeah. a battle against an Emacs user. Like it, yeah. on every I think level, we all are. I yeah. can barely use VS Code yeah. and PyCharm. I think that would be a, a pretty good litmus test. Honestly, is like of, of at least ability to learn. <laughs> You know, of like, oh, you use Emacs? Okay, well, that, like, well, okay, I can skip about eight questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I see you're smart now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, can so all, you, you're you write lists motivated. for fun. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're in it, like, you're, you're passionate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're off. You're going to write code forever. You're also you're also obviously available for like on call needs. (laughs) So tell me which which Lisp language is your favorite? Yeah, yeah, the common Lisp. uh, Yeah, Uh, but I've never actually even tried to use Emacs, but Mm -hmm. just barely when it first came out. Or not when I first started programming. <laughs> when it first came out, the math just broke in my head. It's just yeah. like <laughs> text editor hipster. It's like, yeah, I mean, when it first came out, it was then, cool. it, then it sold out. He's, he's, he's twisting real, his mustache right yeah, now. It got uh, real. Uh, guys, I remember the good old commercial. days when C first came out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Stop writing assembly. No more, no more assembly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good day. Uh, <laughs> People talk about high level programming languages and they don't know. All they need is C. C is the most is as high level as you need. I've met the person that you are uh, emulating, <laughs> yeah, impersonating. We've met this archetype. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we we actually wrote code for that person mm. as a client. Oh uh, yeah. Guess what language? Yeah. <laughs> what was? I mean, the majority of it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was mostly JavaScript. That's so. true. It was it was it was React Native. Yeah, app, but yeah. there was C writing code a REST API in C. Yeah, well, sort of. Not except, really. Well, except, yeah. do we really need REST? Do we really need HTTP? <laughs> like it was. Yeah. As a C programmer, he was very much along lines of like, man, can't you just send me the letter J, and I'll know it's a JSON <laughs> object or something along those lines? <laughs> like, man, why all these variables have like long names? And like, the variable name is like foo. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah, but we could just use one letter. <laughs> it's like, I don't. But then I wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know that we're that like. Are we that resource I had never, here? You know. I had never thought of this. This question: How how big is my JSON payload in bytes? Right. And so, yeah, kilobytes. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Does it need to be this big? I was like, are we programming the fucking lunar module for? <laughs> <laughs> like Apollo seventeen here, yeah. Uh, yeah it seems give it a REST API though, so yeah. we can we can hit it with Postman. Yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting project. Yeah. You pulled through. I did, but like it, um, it's like the it looks like a REST API and then acts like a REST API, but it is not a REST API. <laughs> it's like brute force walking through a, a, just one input. It's, it's, it's more walking like, through an HTTP request like in a buffer. Yeah, and then like. Yeah, as it's I got to know HTTP very intimately. Yeah, it's it's uh, oof, it was a thing. Yeah, do, do you ever feel like people who write Go mm. are like people who want want to write C but don't want to write C? When I've Sometimes. written Go, I felt like I was that person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, true. This yeah. is as close to C as I want to get. Exactly. It's yeah. in, an, in an empowering kind of way. That's yeah. yes, that's, right. yes. Writing that's that's I need as the happy as I've ever been writing that low level of code. Yeah, it's like yeah. Sure. I want C to. I wish C was like this. So I'm 
glad I'm writing this and yeah. not to you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's uh, Have you tried Rust? I have not tried Rust. Rust is a little bit more like C in as much oh. as you are like, I am a baby again. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, it, is it really that? How that do I walk? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, so is, the is documentation Rust, is called the book. Is Rust garbage collected? Is that a dumb question? Oh, man. I think you're managing I think you memory? have to manage it. Yeah. It, oh, man. Here that's, I go. That's, At the very least, you can. Yeah. They, it's, uh, you know, which, which you get with Go out of the box, right? It has a yeah. static garbage collector. Yeah. yeah. Go is garbage collected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And automatically, like, async? I, th- I think the day that I learn how to garbage collect mm. in a programming language is the day I consider myself a computer scientist. Yeah. The other day, and the closest I might get is the other day I was watching, uh, I watched a video, uh, what is it, Computer File, I think is what it's yeah. called. Yeah, and and so there was this video that they were doing. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait, like P-H-I-L-E? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like Computer File. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Good. Generic, generic. What's great yeah, was I, I knew where it's he got was levels. going. Yeah, yeah it's I, got I, levels. I right? yeah, yeah. And, and so, so I started off with watching, I think, so I watched... Um, about SQL injections, and then just went down the rabbit hole. I just let it play. The while one about I was grep working. is awesome. There's a computer file I about bet. grep, and it's really good. I, I bet. I bet. Grep's, grep. grep's really powerful. But I mean, I've heard of grep. I haven't heard about computer files. So this <laughs> was showing it, noob. <laughs> the the one that fascinated me though, in regards to computer science and, and managing memory and everything, was was an exploit that takes advantage of memory. So you can take advantage of a pointer that you can put. A virus, you know, a piece of code, malicious code that you want to execute in your memory and then write another program that will point to it and then, yeah, be able to end up back where it needs to be in the memory. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, memory overflowing and things like yes, that. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. taking it's taking advantage of, of, of stack overflow, I guess, yep. basically, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's interesting stuff. I have to really quickly say that by Alex's definition that he gave, mm-hmm. I just realized that I gave up my aspirations of being a computer scientist a long fucking time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I take advantage I have, of Stack Overflow no, in a whole different I, way. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, too, am dependent on Stack Overflow. Um, yeah, I, I have no interest in learning how to garbage no. collect. I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a fair distinction between computer scientist and software developer, yeah. right? Totally. I'm not that's writing an operating like system, like and I'm never going to. Like, that's just, I missed that boat a long that's, time That's ago. what I tell people about higher ed with, with regards to this field, it's like, hey, you want to go write operating systems? Like, right. by all means, go get like a master's or yep. PhD in comp sci. Dig into the metal. But like, you are going to be severely disappointed in your life choices if you get a master's or PhD in comp sci and then come concatenate strings with us. Over <laughs> here <in Web. laughs> it's very true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember when I built when I was um, when I transitioned to my first um, uh, web dev job where I was working with somebody. That um, had a the the director of IT was a comp sci guy that had done a bunch of low level Linux programming early on when he was in college and hasn't done much programming ever since. And I I built I don't remember if I was building a C sharp desktop app or it was or if it was a I think it was I think it was a C sharp desktop app. And he was asking me just like, what are you, what are you doing for garbage collecting? I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's like where do you bury your poo like we don't have to do that anymore <laughs> yeah. we have toilets to flush come on and uh, <laughs> let me was, walk you around the building <laughs> yeah it was it was it was nice so uh this is the most javascript thing i've read all week and it's amazing 
This is on the rustlang.org site. Okay. Rust-lang.org. My biggest compliment to Rust, uh, to Rust is that it's boring, and that is an amazing compliment. So-and-so engineer at NPM. Like, <laughs> you know you can have boring things beyond, uh, beyond Rust, right? Like, your life can be boring and predictable if you want. Mm-hmm. But no, you, it's, it's the land of JavaScript, and so it, it's never boring, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to suss out what he was getting at. Is that because he works at NBM? Uh, where I, everything I, is chaos. I, I would read. Yeah, yeah I would read that as because as, as a JavaScript developer, my life is never boring. Right. Because everything is changing and it's always on fire, exciting, and yeah. and it's like <laughs> air quotes. There were yeah, air quotes. There, there were folks. air quotes on the exciting. And, yeah. and whereas he's like Rust is boring, and that's a compliment. Like, he means he means Rust works. Yeah. Whereas npm, <laughs> <laughs> there is no left pad <laughs> you crisis know, in Rust. We had this. We had an episode um, that sounds like. That sounds like I had a fit of some sort. <laughs> I had another episode. Um, but we had, on one episode of the show, Blake mentioned that NPM was backed by a for-profit company. A company. Um, like, there was a company around it that's, uh, amongst other things, it was determined that uh, the business model included, uh, we get, we're getting an Irish goodbye from, from Alan. Goodbye, Alan. Uh, he, he had, had other he had places to be. Um, he had garbage to collect, uh, and he's gone. But um, you know, it was, it, uh, one of their business models was like enterprise versions of of npm and like um, like you know hosting your own, I guess, copy of npm uh, for enterprise stuff. But I I talked about it. And I was like, I'm really struggling. I struggle with the idea because um, like in the rest of the open source world. You see, like nonprofit organizations that wrap around, like Django has the Django Software Foundation, Python has the Python Software Foundation, that wrap around the projects and provide like that kind of support. You know, um, either legal support or um, uh, you know, just like executive structure around it. But uh, we have a, we have a tour coming through. Hello, everyone. Um, as a tour of fans, these are our uh, these are our patrons, uh, our, our Patreon, our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for your dollars, uh, your individual one dollars. Um, but uh, anyway, I am boy, I'm rambling out. Um, so so anyway, I was like, I don't know about this idea of there being a commercial structure around it. That seems kind of strange. Uh, but but Blake was very supportive of it. And the other day, uh, Alan went to install something, and I was I was looking over his That's shoulder right. at his terminal. And he got hit with like a. Ad. There was a fucking ad, an ad in, in the terminal. in the output of his package manager that was like, "Do you like so and such and such? Did you know that you could donate to the development of blah blah blah?" In in yes. the output of an npm install, and I was like, "Oh, you, oh, that's what I was talking about." So that's I had I had gotten worked up about uh, the idea of a of a you know like a for profit commercial entity around it, and and that's why. Because they're advertising in the, I just can't even imagine. If I saw that in Pip, I would just like close my laptop and and be like, "Well, I guess I'm going to go learn to be boring in Rust or something." Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing for me here yeah. now, uh, <laughs> right? It was a good yeah. stint. And it was I, a good. Stint. I saw it, and it was. I, I had. I had. I kind of chuckled about it because we had had that whole conversation, and I was like, "Man, that's crazy." But I also could believe it. But I would not be able to believe it if I saw it. 
you know, in, in Pip or something like that. And then mostly because there is no commercial entity behind right. it. So, you know. um, so I thought that was funny. You hear that, Blake? You're getting ads in your... I'm sure you just NPM install some NPM ad blocker. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was, that was shocking. Have you seen those yet? No, I've not seen those. That's I don't know if it came from a specific package uh, or if it came from NPM itself, but uh, it, was, it wasn't about NPM. It was about some third-party thing. Dang. So, yeah. Good times. And like bright blue letters, too. It was, <laughs> yeah. So I'm through all my linting, and presumably my actual tests are passing, which is good. You've got, I'm, some, I'm, got I'm a done. green CI build. I can, I can actually, like, I think I can confidently close this laptop but it, it reminded me um, of, um, sorry, now I've gotten distracted by looking at stuff to it's confirm. Okay. Yeah. I can close it, so I'm just going to stop looking at it. Um, but it, as I was fixing random linting things and making my, uh, my comments, like, fixes linting, fixes more linting, and uh, just like, reminded me earlier today even, um, we, I went to go look at someone's commit from a long time ago, and they had... Uh, Squash the commits, but they didn't. They didn't um, update their commit messages. So it's it's a it it was a obviously a huge stack of commits right. that they squashed and left all like a bullet list of all the commit messages as the single commit message. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah, were yeah. it was just worthless noise. And it, it was was it like what happens craziness. when I squash a bunch of commits where the commit messages are like fuck shit damn it. Why? There, there Why? Was, Why? There was, Why? There was definitely idiot, some of those. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like, still this, more, do, uh, trying stuff, again. More stuff. Yeah. Fix the stuff. Undo what I just did. Yeah. Redo what I just undid. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, it, it just... So you know my I, hack for that. I told you this, right? Yeah, you say squash. I, I, if I know that I'm making like a throwaway commit, I actually make the commit message squash. And yeah. so when I'm coming back to do a rebase, I'll just see a bunch of commits that say squash, 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 and squash. So that, yeah, and okay. it, it it actually excited me because I was I'm realizing I can be the change I want to see by squashing my commits and changing the commit message and all that good stuff with a yep. little rebase dash i. Yeah. Go in there, clean it up, knock it out, get it taken care of. Like an American hero. That's right. Yeah. Like, I'll be the John Wick of commit messages. <laughs> Taking them out. Pop, pop, pop. You're seeing John Wick tonight. I am seeing John Wick tonight. I am so excited. We've I, had I, we've had a John Wick marathon in the office for <laughs> marathon. A marathon of two films yeah. over the course of two days. Well, it, we've watched a movie each day since yesterday. I've had a John Wick marathon uh, going since probably Wednesday. I've seen both of the films twice now in the last <laughs> two days, and I'm listening. You're getting hyped up. I'm getting so hyped, and I'm listening to... This is like me before a Tool <laughs> concert or something. You know? I'm listening to a podcast about John Wick 2, um, and uh, we've, we've had a, a, a group chat going with all the people going. Wait, 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 hold, hold on. This is an entire podcast around John Wick, or there is an episode, an episode of a, po- okay. of a podcast. Okay. Okay. I think it's called <laughs> the Rewatchables. Okay, and it's just uh, people talking about movies and rating w- how rewatchable they are, and, and discussing different aspects. You of already movies. knew it was rewatchable. Oh, You're I, deep I, in I, it. Yeah. I wanted to see like why do you also love this movie? I get I mean, it. Obviously, it's for the same reasons I do. But mm-hmm. let's let's hear somebody else talk about how awesome it is for a while, so I can just be quiet. Uh, but so d- did that, and then. <laughs> one of the guys going tonight got a random text message um, that I will I will read that he shared, and and it was just the most perfect uh, example of like, 
how excited we all are right now. He got uh, a random text th- message. A, a reading from the iMessages of Tyrell's iPhone. It said, uh, John Wick starts tomorrow night uh, at 7. We good? And then someone else replies back, did you both get this question mark? And then someone else replies, yes, sounds good. And the next one says, okay, love you. And then my buddy goes, who's this? And then they're like, oh, wrong number, sorry. And he goes, no problem, going to see John Wick as well. <laughs> so stoked. <laughs> it's like he got a random like missed text message that was also about going to go see John Wick. I thought this was going to lead to like it was a mass text message putting a hit out on John Wick. No. That's where this was going. That would that would be also funny. Pretty funny. It's uh, just mostly been John Wick memes and 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 gifs. Gifs. Duh. My brain's fried. I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> we can't go there. GIF. That's a whole episode. Yeah. We can't start now on GIF versus GIF. Plus, Alan just left, and he's the dissenting opinion. That's right. He is. Uh, well, and Jesse too, doesn't Jesse? Yeah, ben. Jesse. I don't know if it's uh, ben, ben does. Ben, ben, is ben, very... ben would very much choose to go the other way. I feel like that is a deliberate <laughs> choice. <laughs> it's yes. got to be because he sees my eyes start twitching. When yes, he says definitely. It. <laughs> he does that on purpose for sure. Yeah, he doesn't totally. care. He doesn't have a strong opinion on no. that. Um, how about how about a middle ground, something like a like a GIF or something? GIF. Yeah, that's how Nelson says. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend in Paris, uh, I'm sure he says GIF. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, that's uh, that is a middle ground. You can get away with it if you are French, but no, it's GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. Yeah, it's still GIF. It's GIF. We talked about this. Uh, this came up this week, talking about people that refer to. Um, the four-letter abbreviation for the word character, like specifically, like in in C and in other languages where you would you have that as a type, uh, referring to that as care. Just nope, it's nope. char, and it's one of those things. And people are like, "Well, do you call it a character?" I'm like, "No, but that's not the word character. That's C H A R, like." When you fucking overcook your hamburger and it says char, uh, and I'm fe- I feel very strongly about this. Yes. But some people say care uh, or car, yeah. and I don't even know yeah. where car comes from. Now it's just like, well, yeah, that one's just <laughs> <laughs> they tried to you've, go you've with the a, middle ground. Yeah, yeah. that's the middle yeah. ground with a foot in both words. It's like, yeah. well, neither is that pronounced car, nor do you say the word character. So that's what are true. you doing here? That's you know? true. I've I've never uh not until I'd been programming for several years had I heard somebody say um the abbreviation out loud so I'd always read it and because did it you, was did, well, well I'll let you Oh yeah, let yeah, you. yeah 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 because um often you'll see it with uh especially in in SQL or in Python you'll see it as C H A R V A R Mhm and so I always thought it was pronounced like carvar Mhm is char- it's a character variable, and yeah. the vowels are different on both of those. Char- character varying, varying, yeah. varying yeah. not variable. Yes, yeah. And then it's um, like a Care Bear. In maybe maybe Postgres. See, I'm so spoiled by ORMs. You don't deal with it. I don't mm. Postgres and maybe MySQL as well. It's a it's a Varchar. So I've always yeah. pronounced it Varchar. Varchar. Yes, yes, yes. Um But I had uh, a, a professor when I was in school that called it a a, a Varchar. And that's the one where I'm like, well, where does your? I'm not sorry, not var, a var car. That's what I call it. He called it a var car, and I'm mm. like, okay, we'll either call it a var care right. or a var char, but or a, I'm, I'm fucking it up now. But you get what I'm saying, yeah. And I, it, he was, it was a middle ground thing, and it was specifically with with var char, which I will defend to my grave. 
Yeah. Uh, Varchar is the it's, right way to It's like that. one of those things that there's not a specific definition for how to pronounce it exactly. No, and most people encounter it for the first time in text. Right. It's not you as though you're, it. you're yeah. not standing in line at Starbucks and, Starbucks and people are like, did you see the new 32-bit Varchars? You know? <laughs> uh, in San Francisco, maybe, but you're probably not at Starbucks. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so you encounter it in text for the first time and people arrive at their own pronunciations. Yep. Um, but yeah. Alan's a jiffer. Alan. Dang, Alan. Just yeah. take a minute. And <laughs> Just let that sink if you're, in. If you're listening to your own <laughs> podcast, which you probably do, I do. Uh, Tyrell, do you listen to our podcast? I do. Yeah. I go through sp- times where I do not, but... I binge it, get through a couple. Yeah. It's it's on in the car sometimes. I like to listen for the audio engineering. That's what I'm listening for. No, totally. Not to hear myself talk. But Alan, if you're listening... Man. Just shame on you. Just, <laughs> just th- we're just gonna sit here quietly for a few minutes while you go back. <laughs> I was actually thinking of other other debated pronunciations. UWSGI sometimes called you. I've heard people call uh, gunicorn. That's what I call it. Gunicorn. Unicorn. People call it gunicorn. That's one of those things that see. That's a contradiction. I call it gunicorn because it's unicorn. But, 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 but it, if I'm reading it, yeah, I'm reading it. You're Gunicorn. reading it phonetically, like I would read a bar chart. I got John a bar Wick chart. on the brain. Everything reads his guns uh, when you got John Wick on the brain. That's part of the problem. Um, but yeah, so so that's a contradiction. But I, I've always called it Goonicorn. Um, so I admit uh, there is no there's no rhyme or reason to my decision. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. How do you feel when somebody calls it Django? That one is just. I just chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Django is is funny. Um, I hear that a lot. Uh, you hear that a lot from people that... I don't know anyone that actually writes Django and calls it the Django. Right. I have had... I have felt that I have done... Um, I have interviewed people for jobs where, like... Um, you know, they clearly had a lot of experience in a different framework or back end. And it was like, well, we use... You know, this is what we use here. Um, and I've heard them say like, yes, I've done a couple projects into Django and it's like, you've either barely done any at all, or I just caught you in a lie. Right. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause you wouldn't, uh, I don't know. I had an experience once. I don't know if I told this story in the podcast once before, but, uh, at Django con, uh, which was, that was, I, I couldn't believe because for, for two reasons, someone called it Django. Mm-hmm. They worked at the hotel that was hosting the conference. And I assumed at some point in that day, someone came by and said, Hey, there's going to be 600 people here for a thing called, well, I guess the manager might have been Django Con. Um, <laughs> but they were also somehow called it Django and were also aware of the movie Django Unchained, which I guess they thought was called Django Unchained. Um, but but uh, as I was checking into the hotel, they were like, oh, man, you're here for the, the conference. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, so... Thing that goes on every year, and I was like, "Yeah, pretty much." She's like, "Huh?" And I could see the confusion. I was like, "It's a, it's a software development conference." She's like, "Oh, I thought it was about the movie." Dang, nice. <laughs> I was just, nice. Yeah, and I, <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh, oh no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 it's a different thing." And it's like people are walking by with mechanical keyboards and like twenty-seven inch monitors sticking out of the top of their backpack. She's like, "What's up with these people that like?" They really like Quentin Tarantino. 
but they brought their computers yeah, with they them. Obviously, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, to Django. Yeah, that one. Um, that doesn't. That's like one that I feel embarrassed for people when they say it. Not in like mm. a big way, but it's just like, oh, you know, I don't really correct people for that one. Right. Right. It just it it shows you that they that they don't really know. Yes. Right. And also, I mean, at some level, it's like, I mean, there are other examples of a of a DJ construct and, and sure. not necessarily, I, I guess it's probably not really common in English proper, right. but, but words that are used in, in English and, and things like that. That's fair. Um, I, right? Like I what, what's the origin of, origin of like that, that DJ sound? That's like. Dijon? It, no, not like the mustard, but like Django. That's the only other. Um, like, I'm, I, well, I know I think you, you see it a lot in like, um, like Scandinavian languages oh like yeah. the the like Django um I we need chat. I always thought it came from Django Reinhardt it, it does it does it does, it does, it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. yeah the framework itself is named after that I'm just thinking of like that that sound which is not really an English sound oh the just the just the just sound. sound you know it, right um, no that it is in a lot of it's it's in uh like Slavic or not Slavic um Scandinavian and I'm thinking also like Icelandic yeah yeah, I think uh, Dutch has has the je sound. Okay. French has the je sound. I guess that's true. Um, so it's it's certainly the, it's certainly yeah, European, right? Like, yes, it's very very much the h and the je are very European for sure. So, but people have encountered that. So when people say de Django, I'm like, come on, you know that it's not de je. Is right. it? Yeah. <laughs> we, it, it's give me an example we, of two consonants that you like pronounce the hard consonant sound right. for both of them. It's not that we don't have the sounds in English, it's that we don't have the letters that match those same sounds. Yeah. Like like the je is in English, it's just in Asia, not yeah. in Zheng, not in the yeah. a, a J sound. Right? right. My my son's name is Liam and my grandmother could not handle uh, the uh the diphthong, the double vowel sound. Mm. So she would always call him Elam. Oh, really? Because she couldn't cognitively, I mean, she was an intelligent woman, but sure. she just wasn't ever used to that. So she would always be like, how's little Elam doing? I was like, oh, Liam's good. <laughs> um, she's just like, Damn, he Where's your grandmother from? She's from the panhandle of Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Uh, but that that's one of those, like, two. I thought of that because two consonants versus, like, Double vowel, double yeah. pronounced vowels yeah. Yeah. versus double pronounced consonants and, and kind of how we do that. Um, we need Chad before we go we into a conversation like this. Chad would have Chad would have been like, okay, let me give the etymology of the DJ sound and also <laughs> I'll tell you how it migrated over time. Um, so I literally, that's also where I met Chad. We uh, Alex and I had lunch today and we were talking about um, different friends of ours through the, the broader community. We talked about how I met Brenna through studying Old English. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also Brenna, Brenna works with uh, Blake over at Review. Yep, yeah. and Still. hasn't come on the show yet. I know it's 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 a travesty. You're working on it, right? I'm working on it. Okay. Um, the other thing uh, I met Chad. You'll hear us talk about Chad quite a bit. Chad uh, is a friend of Lofty, and I met him also studying Old English. Ooh, and and nice. he studied old. He's getting his PhD in. I don't remember if he got it or is getting it in Old Norse and or Old. English, but is he like he definitely studies scholastically the old Germanic languages? And he's and a lores. he's a tome of knowledge, and so like oh, for sure his his knowledge of of, of languages is is only part of. I'm really 
Chad, we need to get you on the show. We've I talked would, about it a couple times. I don't know if he listens either, but he's I, also a developer. Yeah, I would love to meet him. Yeah, uh, yeah. also a huge fan of languages. Fun guy. He did. Uh, he's he's done some work with Lofty in the past, and mm-hmm. now he teaches uh, at the U of A Global Campus. Oh, fun, cool, fun. Chad fact: Chad speaks Esperanto. Does he really? Ooh, he is nice. the only person I've ever met who speaks Esperanto. What? Yo, Chris speaks Esperanto. You know that? Hob speaks Esperanto. Yeah. Dude, I didn't know you speak Esperanto. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get a text message a week and a half from now <laughs> yeah. from Chris. It's just gonna be like, "Of course I do," and I'm be like, "What does that even mean?" And then I'm gonna think, "Wait, okay, there it is." So I did. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so now you know too. SQL versus SQL. Uh, SQL. SQL. Who was I talking to? We had a sales meeting, and it was with some technical folks, um, and I unintentionally kept. Well, I, I totally absentmindedly, they would pronounce something. They were pronouncing a couple things differently than I was. And then I would, they were asking me technical questions about, like, hey, do you guys have expertise in blah, blah, blah? And I would answer to it, and I would pronounce it differently. Mm-hmm. And after like the second time it happened, I try, I'm very self-conscious in a sales meeting. Uh, and I'm like, by the way, I'm not trying to correct you. That's just how I've always said it. You know, I didn't yeah. want it to construe like, uh, uh, well, you're talking about SQL, I think, not SQL, right? Uh, no, it was, um, uh, he called, and I've heard a lot of people do this. They 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 talking about Postgres. Postgre. And, and they, no, it just Postgre. Postgre? Postgre. They're just Postgre? like a silent S. Silent S on Postgre. I've never heard Postgre. I've, I've heard, heard Postgre. Because yeah. I'll say Postgre SQL. Maybe he said PostgreSQL. No, I think he said... Uh, that, he, when he you dropped, say it just dropped, like that, he dropped. I the heard sequel. the Postgre finally. Yeah. He, he dropped the... Um, he didn't say either SQL or SQL, and I don't remember which you pronounced, but it, he did say it was just... Postgre. You know, Postgre. Well, there was an S in there, like right? But yeah, he said, I think he pronounced it Postgre. Oh, uh, and I then I said Postgres, and then I was like, oh, sorry. You know, like, I've heard PostgreSQL. Yes. But... That just seems like your take. I've that's something that I'll, I'll switch between unconsciously. So what do you say? The, I say SQL, but sometimes on the context I'll say SQL. If okay, if for some reason that that vocabulary makes I, its way into the sentence, I would definitely say post post PostgreSQL. Uh huh. I would say that, but I don't say my. I usually just say Postgres. Yeah, you just why. say Postgres. Right. I would never say PostgreSQL. No, not PostgreSQL. But I've, I, like if you're watching a video about Postgres, sometimes they'll be really formal and say PostgreSQL. That's what I say right. if I say the full thing. But I, but colloquially amongst friends, I say Postgres, uh, <laughs> but not Postgre. Postgre. Uh, have you heard the direct the uh, etc. directory called Etsy? The etc. Like if we're in oh, Linux. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, Etsy. Yeah, I've heard someone called uh, libs libs. And that one, I saw that one. It's like, that I can't handle libs. No. See, that's that goes back to the. It's like, but it's short for libraries. Yeah. I'm like, but that's not no, the word not you're not saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Lib. Yeah. Um, Hashtag you only libs once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've heard. I've definitely heard that one. By the way, at a recent sales meeting, I did hear the Django thing. Oh, that did happen recently. Nice. But it was by someone who wasn't technical. So. Yeah, we will take yeah. your money for Django. All mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we use we use Django and Postgre. We do both Django and Django. Uh, Django requires more expertise, and we twice charge twice as much <laughs> <Hey>. for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's 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 a bunch of those. Bunch yeah, of the I'm trying to think of more of them. Um, Etsy's one that's confused people before when I say it. Yeah, 
Uh, and I don't know what I, I've 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 said Etsy to people before, and they didn't they didn't know what I was referring to, mm. and I didn't think to ask after I clarified. It's like you don't say like etc. Do you? No, probably just etc. But the, ETC. But when you I, say, I say Etsy, ETC. if if yeah. they're not thinking about a file on on a server or on your computer, th- yeah. they may think of the website Etsy, right? For I sure. say so. I say dir, where a lot of people say dir. I say dir. Dir. I would say yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say yeah. Call the dir function. No. No. Just it's dir. just dir. Just dir. Okay. Good. Yeah. I like me and. We culture hired well here, yeah. except for Alan saying name. Jif. I know. But he, uh, every once in a while, one slips through. Chmod, 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 Chmod. Yeah, Chmod. Despite the fact that it's short for change mode, it's yeah. M O D. If there were an E on the end of it, I'd be Chmod. Also, Chmod change mod. Change mod is fine with me too. Yeah, I can handle change that because yeah. you're you know changing. Um, and then you have Chone. I I, I chone. definitely say Chone. Chone for sure. Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard a dissenting. One on that. Unless you would change own. I've never heard someone say change own. Everyone always says chone that I've heard. Cho- yeah, I, I guess you can't not say chone. All right, but what about chagroup? <laughs> I don't know I've, that I've ever had to say it out loud, but yeah, I think in my I think I re- my internal monologue says chagroup. I, re- I rarely even have it's, to say C H D R P. Now you're. I rarely have to issue a chagroup command. I've chagrouped my day. <laughs> you're, you're ready to learn a Slavic language now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, uh, anyone else? Chagroup? Chagroup. Chagroup. Sure, okay. sure chagroup. Yeah. Have some borscht while you, <laughs> while you chagroup the director. <laughs> Is that like Hadouping big data? Uh, yeah. Oh, Hadoop well, came up the other day. And I, was I like, chagrouped oh, all the big data. I remember when Hadoop was a thing. Yeah, no one yeah. talks about that Nobody shit anymore. Talks about That's Hadoop come up anymore. a couple times. Uh, and blockchain is already dying. Like the the blockchain vacuum is deafening. Like it's still out there, but mm-hmm. do you remember just like all that maybe you guys Everything don't spend as much time blockchain. time on LinkedIn as I do because that's a job requirement. No, I do but, not. <laughs> uh I mean it's just like slung around all over the place and it's just like gotten really quiet really quickly, but not nearly as quiet as the term big data. That has just gone away. Oh, no gosh. one's talking about Hadoop and big data anymore. No one's talking about big data? I don't see that phrase okay. anymore. I mean, people are talking about the same thing they were talking about when it was labeled big data. They're just not using the term for it anymore. Oh. People are still having to process a shitload of data. Or not, because a lot of people all, said big data, data was bigger than Excel was big data. But. All data is big data now. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, man, coming from, coming from Rails, I feel like I can't hear big data without somebody immediately following up with shit about how big data just ruins Ruby on rail applications. Like it can't handle it. It's too slow now. Ruby Ruby can't handle the data. Big data. Big data just destroys it. Why are you putting all your data in memory? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know? Right. Um, I that's what Hadoop is for. <laughs> I unintentionally insulted a, a Rails developer from Strava at a, at a tech conference. You told me this one, yeah. but I don't remember the context. No, we were we were walking back from a from a, one of the like post party events. We we're talking. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, this and that." And someone mentioned it was Rails. I was like, "Really? Strava built on Rails? Huh?" And I was just kind of like, "I'm a jerk. I'm a jerk." <laughs> like, wow. like, ah, good for you. Guys. Like, I've, I've I've known big production apps that have been Rails, but for some reason, at that point, in I'd I'd been Pythoning enough that I'd kind of lost lost the lost the luster of Rails and kind of yeah. believed the. 
the like rails doesn't scale and so i was just like well oh, and i mean rails, like huh. and 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 what part of it was rails right was it right. purely just speaking http like a like a gateway interface and like you know like they do wow i'm, sure. I'm very sorry <laughs> so, sorry folks uh we we still in the new in the new recording studio have to fasten our mic stands to folding chairs and uh, it's a very uh, with your donations, we can upgrade the operation. <laughs> uh, returning to that, believe it or not, he didn't have much to say to me about uh, what was built in Rails after I responded that way. <laughs> oh, but you know, I mean, like um, they're doing a bunch of like post, be- post processing of a ride or a run or whatever. You know, that may be offloaded to any number of different services yeah. and things like that. And I wasn't trying to be rude because uh, I, I guess it. Uh, I think. The sincerity of my response was more, "Hey, I use Strava all the time." So it's one of those things where when you meet an engineer that works on something, you you oh totally work, you're just like, "Oh man!" And then you're just like, it, it kind of reminds you, yeah, it's just stuff you have built before, but you know, it, it just the, commercially became a huge thing. So it was like, "Oh, I could I could work for Strava." That was kind of the thing that hit my brain. I was like, "It's just a Rails app, really." Yeah. It's just like I could come work with you, but it's just like, "No, nah, man, you snob." LinkedIn's Python and Ember. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, that is a, a big Ember app. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks for sure. Your uh, your your Strava story reminded me of recently. Uh, I was at a peer advisory group, and there's an architect in there, and he was talking about going to the Kimball Museum down in Dallas, and he said um, he's bringing his whole firm down, and he's like, we're gonna go, um, and we made some calls and pulled some strings. And we can actually get in there and touch the barrel vaults. And we all just kind of looked around like, what's a barrel vault? You know? Um, and, we, and we had a chuckle about it because it was like, you're just going to go in. It's just, it's an architectural feature um, of like a rounded archway that is either done with wood or it can be concrete, but it's just, it's called a barrel vault. Look it up. Um, I did. Uh, but he was like, yeah, there's like. Did you try to determine if you want to touch one or not? There is. There's, like, I don't know yeah. if I need to touch this. I'm yeah, sure. And I, I wondered about the touching, but apparently that's like a thing if you're um, if you're an architect and you go see structures is to like feel the textures and, and surfaces and stuff like that. And so like there's like a little known second floor in this museum. The barrel vaults are like an arch ceiling over it that they can get up and touch the barrel vault. And we were making cracking jokes uh, amongst friends with uh, with our friend, the architect. Um and and talking about like oh you just called and said can I touch your barrel vaults he's like it's a total thing and they said no and then I was like look I've won you know this award and that award and, and convinced them to let him come touch the barrel vaults and and a lot of folks there were like that's so bizarre that you go do that and then I thought about it for a minute I was like no I get it because if I went to Strava HQ I would totally be like hey um. Can I just look at the code? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I just like walk? Yeah. Can I just like walk through the room and like look over people's and like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sign an oh, NDA. Can I just like open it up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, just like I don't. You didn't have to put. I just want to see it on. Like, oh, that's how they handle exceptions. Oh, cool. Yep. Seeing the insides. It, that's the equivalent. It's the software development equivalent to touching the barrel vaults. Is like, can I just? Can I see the code? Syntax highlighted. Yeah. Um, so I got it. I got to some do that. level. I had I had a friend. Message me saying that he was um, he was looking for a job nearby in, uh, in like Phoenix, Phoenix, California area. And okay. I know another friend who had moved from Arkansas to California and was working at the shop, and they occasionally hire. So I said you should check them out, right? Because they're pretty close to where you're at. And he said, "Oh well, what stack do they use?" And he, he usually writes Go where he's at. And I was right. like, "Oh well, it's it's a Rails app." 
And he's like, Rails app? Really? Why, why are they writing legacy code? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, they were writing C. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. It's <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> so. Is that in case, in case someone finds a time machine or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, I think uh, I think we've rounded out the end of a week. Um, Tyrell has survived his uh, Friday afternoon Docker build. Yeah, my brain's pudding, but that's okay because I'm just going to go watch John Wick now. I feel very um, excited to see that the uh, recording device kept recording, so we don't have a repeat of last week's incident. Yes. Uh, we we have visual confirmation. A visual confirmation. The red light's on, and that's a good thing. Good uh, thing. And I and I er- erased the shit out of that SD card today, like three or four times. Nice. Formatted it. I I killed it with fire. So we got four gigs, which is some number of episodes. I don't remember. It records compressed. Oh, but that we we made <laughs> yeah. we we. We perhaps should have taken note of that. <laughs> the fact that it's only a what four is, gig card. What is one episode too many? We we had, we had the number. It was it's, like it's it was like twenty six something like that. No, I'm just going to delete it every time I cut them. But uh, the other thing there is like, why do I have a four gig SD card in this thing? That's a and, good point. In 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 the uh, in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen, you can't install Raspbian on that thing. <laughs> uh, there are flavor, there are distros of Debian that won't fit on it, so you couldn't put it in a Raspberry Pi. Probably upgrade our recording setup. Uh, I mean, with you your can, donations, you can get a two terabyte <laughs> SD card for sixty dollars now. Something quite like that. You can't possibly, really maybe no. That, that's that. a lot of data density. Go, go try though. Uh, I'll look on Amazon. All mm-hmm. right. Well, it's been fun, fellas. Yep. Alan, we enjoyed you as well. We all turned to his empty seat and his yeah. cans just sitting there. Uh, <laughs> Alan got eaten by the Langoliers. Uh, and we'll see you in a week. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.